Ladies, have you been led astray? Did you diddle where maybe you shouldn't have dabbled? Have you been unfaithful to your husband, wife, partner, main squeeze? Well, there's a judgment-free podcast just for you. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, hosted by Rebecca Adams, tells the stories of these women from their perspective, anonymously and without judgment. He got out of his car and tried to kiss me. I pulled back. I was still not wanting an affair. I was not sure what I wanted. Most likely, I just liked the way it felt to be wanted. This did not stop his calls. Several more weeks went by and we met up again, this time by the water. After walking and talking for an hour, I could not take the suspense anymore. I leaned in and kissed him. It was like fireworks. If you need to come clean, get it off your chest, confess your sins with no Hail Marys required, then Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is the podcast for you. And remember, it's completely anonymous and judgment-free. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. Raw Truth podcasts may contain explicit, sensitive, and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or other medical professional. Listener discretion is strongly advised. What does the word ponder actually mean? According to one dictionary, it means to weigh in the mind, to think about and reflect on. On Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, we do just that. We discuss taboo and questionable subject matter. For example, size. Does it really matter? Or do you really want to know the number of partners your significant other has been with? Or what about stories of disastrous one-night stands? How about being in a sexless marriage? These and other topics are what we talk about on this podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams. How's everybody doing? First of all, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. I'm very particular about sounds in my podcast and always try to make sure as much as possible that, you know, it's a good sound. But where I'm living, it's very windy at times. And currently, as you know, as I've mentioned before, I'm living in an RV until our house is ready later this year. And so when you add the RV and wind together, it makes for a lot of strange noises, like you can hear the wind and the whole RV moving and you can hear the vent from the kitchen area. So hopefully you guys cannot hear that, but I have to record these and I'm kind of stuck with what I have for the time being. So hopefully it's not a bother and you guys are willing to continue to listen. And like I said, hopefully it may not even pick up on the microphone, but I still don't want people to think that I prefer low quality audio because I really do work hard to try and make these as good as possible. So on that note today, what we're going to do is talk about fighting over sex. I have put out this, uh, the request on the podcast and social media for a long time. And I did have some feedback from people. And so I'm going to share those survey answers at the end of the episode. But fighting over sex seems to come up a lot, especially when we're talking about my infidelity 
podcast in that type of situation. So as you know, I deal with female infidelity. And I only hear the women's side for the most part, unless I'm dealing with the men and what they went through when their wives cheated. And time and time again, the men will say she doesn't want to have sex. She's saying she doesn't feel good or she doesn't want to. And then they'll notice all of a sudden her um, behavior changes and she's really wanting a lot of sex. And when they look at things in retrospect, they think, oh my gosh, she was talking with so-and-so. So, you know, but going into that, it's being noticed that there's a problem, a disconnect there sexually. And also when the women have shared their stories, they want that intimacy with their husbands. They need the emotional support with their husbands. It's just not a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But their husbands may have whatever concerns and not necessarily concerns. And I don't like to use the word issues, but sometimes it's a health situation or they're just tired and they don't want and they're fighting over sex. So I think it's quite common in a lot of relationships. Um, One person wants it, the next person or the other person doesn't and then vice versa. So of course, you know, how to work on this whole situation, what's a good way to communicate what really is the deal behind the fighting over sex type of a situation. And so I did find an article that talks about it. And it's on fatherly.com. And it's called what the quote, you never want to have sex and quote, fight is really about hint, it's more, it's about more than just sex. And it was written by Brittany Risher, Risher, Um, And it was originally published February 9th of 21, but was since updated December 29th of 2022. And I will have the link to the article in my episode notes. So here we go. You never want to have sex. Whether you're the one hurling these words at your partner or they're spitting them in your face, the accusation lands like a grenade. Kaboom. Caught off guard, the one on the receiving end can become defensive or critical, shut down, or explode. Clearly, none of that will help resolve the issue. What will? Digging beneath the surface to discover what's truly causing the issue. When it comes to issues pertaining to sexless marriage, any number of things could be going on, and it may or may not be about sex. The good news is you can address these underlying problems and get back to a sex life that satisfies both of you. Quote, it may take an initial effort, end quote, says integrative sexual health psychiatrist and sex therapist Elizabeth Gordon, MD. Quote, but that effort is worth it, end quote. So, how common is the you never want to have sex argument? If you are worried that the argument is limited to your relationship and your relationship alone, don't be. This fight is one of the most frequent ones that sex and relationship therapists encounter with their patients. Quote, many clients have begun therapy because of this problem. And once clients are in therapy for a myriad of other reasons, it is not unusual to see sexual problems brought to the surface eventually, end quote, says Sharon Gilcrest O'Neill, EDS, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and the author of A Short Guide to a Happy Marriage. The argument can take many forms. Sometimes one partner truly never wants to have sex. Other times, one wants it considerably less than the other, such as once or twice a month versus almost every day. 
what we think the fight is about. When partner A claims you never want to have sex, you can't predict partner B's reaction. Quote, as a gross generalization, men hear they need to do more or be more, and women hear they need to give more, end quote, Gordon says. She and other therapists identified a few common thoughts that could be going through the other person's head. Partner B may interpret the statement as partner A expressing, Am I not desirable? Am I a bad lover? Am I not giving enough? What's wrong with you? Men always want sex. You're not a real man. You're avoiding sex because of your issues, such as a body image or erectile dysfunction. Why don't you ever desire me? Why do I always have to initiate? You've changed. You're no fun anymore. It's not like it used to be. Or partner B may fear, are you cheating or interested in someone else? What's wrong with me? Men always want sex. Maybe I'm not manly enough. What the you never want to have sex fight is actually about. You never want to have sex can be code for many, many other things or a combination of things. Quote, sexual health is a reflection of everything else that's going on and our state of health in many ways, Gordon says. When a couple comes to her with this problem, she first tries to determine if it's a personal or a relational issue, although the two overlap. If one partner has a physical problem, such as pain during sex or erectile dysfunction, it's clear that the sex may not be so pleasurable for them and, in turn, they may seek intercourse less often. For women, pregnancy, going through menopause, or being on oral contraceptives can also impact the libido. If there's nothing physical, there could be something going on mentally. Maybe the person is exhausted from trying to work from home, assist their kids with virtual schooling and maintain the house with everyone there 24-7. Or they could have gained some weight and feel less sexy. And of course, stress from work, parenting, taking care of older parents, financial concerns, and worries about the state of the country can make sex less desirable. People who are experiencing large amounts of stress or emotional duress often find it difficult to get out of their heads long enough to feel open to giving and receiving sexual desires, explains Dana McNeil, LMFT, a licensed marriage and family therapist and founder of The Relationship Place, a group practice located in San Diego, California. Quote, or the person saying you never want to have sex may feel undesirable or rejected. Clients, McNeil says, often worry that their partner is no longer finding them attractive because maybe they have gained a few pounds in quarantine or have aged since they had first started dating. Quote, some clients have fears that their partner may be more attracted to someone else and then create negative self-talk about their own diminished value. Others create all kinds of internal stories about what it means that they are not having sex with their partner. Relational issues for the, quote, you never want to have sex fight include having resentment toward your partner about other things. Did you blow hundreds on sports betting? Did they have a sparring match with your mom about visiting the kids without masks? Boredom is also another culprit. Quote, often in the length of a relationship, we fall into ruts and don't realize we need to stir it up and have fun, says Gordon, adding that men tend to have 
a gradual decline in interest while women have a faster decline when cohabitating. Or you may have a desire discrepancy that when overlooked and at the start of the relationship because the partner who wants sex less often was spurred on by the rush of a new courtship. Back then, the excitement made them also want to get naked every day. Now that things are comfortable, their interest seems to have waned, but it's actually just their normal level. This discrepancy may be tied to differences in your desired frameworks, which isn't uncommon, according to Ian Kerner, PhD, LMFT, a licensed psychotherapist, couples and sex therapist, and the author of the upcoming So Tell Me About the Last Time You Had Sex, Laying Bare and Learning to Repair Our Love Lives. Their spontaneous and responsive desire. Spontaneous desire is when a single cue, for example, seeing your partner come out of the shower, sparks desire. On the other hand, someone with responsive desire, quote, takes more simmering of sexual cues, end quote, Kerner says. They need some kind of emotional context to feel turned on and can't have too many stressors, like knowing the kids are in the next room or seeing piles of laundry, or that will block any arousal. Fighting about sex, what to do in the short term. During the fight, and especially a fight about sex, it can be easy to see this as a battle and defend your position, Kerner says. Of course, that will only escalate things, so rather than engaging in a screaming match, stand down. Quote, back off, take a few deep breaths and ramp down your emotions, or at least your tone of voice, Gordon says. Once you both have cooler heads, quote, recognize that in anything you fight about, there is a level of vulnerability, Kerner says. Quote, you need to have a dialogue that's emotionally safe so vulnerability can come out. This means using I statements and inviting your partner into the conversation. You may say something like, I'm really missing sex lately, or I feel like we've been neglecting sex. This is more likely to have your partner acknowledge, yes, it's been a while, and explain why. Be sure to listen to what your partner is saying. This needs to be a true dialogue, so resist the urge to interrupt, and if you can, repeat back some of what they say so you can confirm that you heard and interpreted them accurately. Quote, try to be very specific with what you are upset about, Gordon says. If you're the one saying you never have sex, is this about sex or are you feeling rejected or is something else going on? Or if you're the one who doesn't want sex, is it that you feel pressure? Do you feel you're only desired for how you can provide sexual activity and your emotions aren't being considered? Tackle the issues one at a time and try to find common ground. Quote, you don't always have to meet in the middle. Gordon adds, it can be give one, get one. Also, try starting with the solution, Kerner suggests. For example, you could say, quote, I've been thinking about how great it would be for us to plan a staycation or a date night that would lead to sex. I've been missing kissing you and I really want to get naked with you. Or tell your partner you had a sexy dream about them last night that really turned you on. When you share the dream, describe the sex you want to have with them. Lastly, if you can tolerate it, have this conversation while sitting next to each other and touching, whether that's holding hands or having your legs against each other. Quote, 
Touch increases intimacy, Gordon explains. Quote, it has physiological repercussions, including increased openness to connection. Fighting about sex, what to do in the long term. Truly resolving the, quote, you never want to have sex fight takes time and communication is vital. Quote, nothing will happen without it, Gordon says. Quote, it will help you understand where each other is coming from, what the problems are, the solutions, and how to tackle things in a way that allows you to progress forward. Working both together and separately, try to troubleshoot the problems. You may need to try several things and it can take time. Keep it up and keep the dialogue going. Discuss what you each need to feel sexual, what turns you on, and if anything is inhibiting your sex drive, Kerner suggests. It also helps to remember that sex isn't always penetrative intercourse. It's so much more. Quote, experiment, help explore each other, rebuild enjoyment, broaden your repertoire, and find other ways of connecting that lead to an increased likelihood that you want to engage sexually in more ways. Which may include intercourse, Gordon says. And yes, scheduling sex can help and even be sexy. Together, decide when sex can happen and what you each need, such as a neighbor to watch the kids, to adjust your workout schedule or reading erotica to get your mind in the right frame. Quote, sex is something to look forward to and scheduling helps you carve out and sanctify that time so you can relax into it and focus on being sexually engaged, Gordon explains. But don't ignore the space between sexual events, Kerner adds. Quote, most couples say, we should do this more often, that was really nice, when they have sex. Then they lose that initiative and the erotic threat. Instead, take moments each day to notice each other erotically without feeling pressure to demand or invite sex. Quote, sex is something to be valued and prioritized, Kerner says. Quote, in a monogamous relationship, it's really the only way we get to experience this aspect of life in a connected way. Lastly, if none of these suggestions work or you have a physical condition, seek help. The Society for Sex Therapy and Research, an American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists, lists sex therapists online, and the International Society for Sexual Medicine and the International Society for Study of Women's Sexual Health have directories of sexual medicine providers. Well, that was a lot of information, and I'd be curious, anybody who um, read that article or liked it and, and you applied it to your life, how did it work for you? I would love some feedback on that. I think that would be pretty cool. Okay, it's survey time, fighting over sex. First answer, yes. She was a three-hole wonder dating, never turned me down. After we got married, our wedding night and the first year was no sex and very sporadic after that. I mean, like most of the times in a year of 18 years, 12. If lucky, maybe 15 while we were in fertility treatment. She's denied me sex, and I've gotten upset about it, and she denied me sex because then I'm mad. Seems every time I had one foot out the door, she would change temporarily. Now it's to the point where I really do not desire her anymore almost like a relative, like a big sister. I mean, there is love here and I love her, but I think that our marriage is just a matter of time until it's over. 
Mostly I am worried about her and how she will make it if she is off work paid on medical leave. To me, it sounds like there's more to the story than just the sex. So I know who sent this in and I know that we've had talks about your situation in your marriage. And I know that, of course, sex is a big issue. I mean, nobody wants to be in a relationship like that, especially when we're still young enough to do it. No one breaking hips. <laughs> so hopefully you guys can work through this and um, find a positive turn. Number two, this was sent by a guy. I have in the past. I always find it difficult being the one who doesn't want it all the time. I've always had more of a tough time trying to get past partners to communicate rather than want sex constantly. Like some would want it two to three times per day, four days a week. It used to drive me nuts. Number three, currently we're fighting because we divorced. I dated someone else for years, broke up. Now X and I are trying to work it out again while co-parenting and cohabitating together but the chemistry isn't there. Maybe it's just me, I don't know. We're both older now, both have changed, both have insecurities. Many things, I have the wildest stories. <laughs> Number four, because he doesn't want it as much as I want, he tells me that he is tired, but, but before that he say that that's the way he is, so I leave him alone. It began changing in the middle of our relationship. What happens is that he is very close-minded and doesn't like flirting like I do, no romance at all. I did know about this when we got together, but I love him, but he has not changed. Still the same as when we met. I really like your podcast. I don't like to judge anyone. Everyone does what they like, but I've lived with an unfaithful man and I suffered a lot. My children suffered the same because he died with his lover and that is much more painful for my children and for me after enduring so much for 17 years. But now I have this man who is really great but doesn't like sex much, lol. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate your support of the podcast and I'm sure it's the infidelity one that you probably have listened to more so since this one just recently split off. Okay, number five from a man. Sex was the only thing we would fight over. After our second was conceived, the sex stopped and didn't start up again. I'd bring it up and she'd be all up for it at the weekend. The weekend would come and go, but no sex, just excuses. Then after a while, we would have the talk. Soon it was the talks. She would get defensive or walk away, start fights or find something hysterical to laugh about to break the mood. After four years, I had enough. I cracked and was all for the walking away from the marriage. When she realized how serious things had gotten, she started to make the effort. It was slow at first. We both had to get used to each other again. We don't have the same bodies as we had in our 20s as we do now. For the first 18 months, I would get triggered if a promise of sex didn't happen because life got in the way. But I've come to trust that our sex life is here to stay and it's made such a positive impact on both our lives. We're both much happier and our kids now know mom and dad love each other. And it sounds to me like this, this situation right here almost fits into the article I read about the defensiveness and, and all of that. And I'm glad you guys were able to get things on track. I'm glad that that's happened. So you guys stay together and 
that resentment is a tough one to get over, that's for sure. And this last one I'm sharing, it's actually from a a friend of mine and we were all at lunch. The Marine and I were at lunch with this guy and I think I had told him about the topic on um, for this podcast, what I was working on. And it was funny, so he told us about it and the Marine just sat there with a shocked look about what the topic was and how I said on the other hand, wait, I have to write this down because I gotta put it on the podcast. But basically he explained that he and his now ex-wife would have issues with the subject. He felt he was being told no all too often and it would cause disagreements. Then he talked about their solution. He told me she came up with the idea of post-it notes. He shared that his wife decided she would write down dates on post-it notes for the next month of when they would have sex. That way it avoided fighting because he knew that he would get it on specific dates and it worked. Well, they're now divorced. I mean, he tells a lot of good stories, including one of her infidelity that I'm working on getting from him and another one that is, it's not really, I still want to get it even though it's really not in the a full, full story and it's not the same topics that I talk about. But his wife was actually approached up at Lake Sammamish back in the 70s by none other than Ted Bundy. Yes, the serial killer, the crazy man who did a lot of murders in Washington, and I think he did in Idaho as well. But yeah, he, um, that weekend when he was looking for his victim, he had the arm in the sling and he was looking for help. She said no, but the gal that was near her said yes and was murdered. What? So interesting. (laughs) I could share so many different stories though that this man has shared with us from cults to all sorts of things. It's hilarious, but that's a topic for another day if it is appropriate at all for what we talk about, but we shall see. That wraps it up for today. Thank you to everybody who participated. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody listening today to the podcast. If you have any suggestions for any upcoming topics, shoot me an email, rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity if you are new to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams. Whole different story over on that one. I will be back on March 10th with a new Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams episode about the one that got away. You have been listening to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams. Your support of Raw Truth Podcasts is truly appreciated. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my other podcast, Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This controversial yet no-judgment podcast is a safe place where women can share their stories anonymously of why they chose to be unfaithful. If you have feedback or suggestions for future Let's Ponder topics, please email rebecca.rottruth at gmail.com. This podcast was written, produced, and edited by Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.